Welcome to Use Your Items, a video game podcast focusing on design, friendship, and fun. Brought to you by me, Jason Weiss, and my beautiful co-host, Francisco Martin. Francisco, what's going on? What's going on today? Um, uh, Everything is going great and amazing. I feel so much better after that opening right there. That was beautiful. Well, I... You know, we were we were recording, we were talking for a little bit before this, and I was feeling like maybe like we're a little in the doldrums, we're a little in the dump. So you know, you gotta, you have to be the sunlight. <laughs> you have to be the sunlight. And frankly, since we're gonna be going so deep, I was, I, I was about since to, we're was... going so deep, I wanted <laughs> to make sure that we uh, that we could be as buoyant as possible oh my leading god up to it you know i was trying i was trying to think of a of a pun to say oh we're gonna be subpar no that's too that's too mean we're gonna be <laughs> but that's much better than my puns that's uh that's why we do it that's why that's why we're co-hosts we really complement each other so well that's right folks today we are talking about subnautica an undersea mystery. That's not the actual subtitle. I was about, about to ask, is. is that actually... <laughs> it's not. There is a sequel called Below Zero, but that yeah, is not the yeah. subject matter of today. Mm-hmm. No, today we are talking about Subnautica. It is a game that was released in 2015. Sorry, 2014. By Unknown Worlds Entertainment. Did you ever play anything else by Unknown Worlds? No, actually, I am. This is my first unknown adventure. Um, <laughs> they've they've worked on. Did they do There's Outer one Wilds game as well? Or no. no, no. Well, I don't. I don't think they did. They did. They did one other game that I played, and it was a weird one. It was called Natural Selection Two. <laughs> Two specifically. I, there was a first one as well, but yeah. Oh, but okay. So you only played two. And yes, I, see, I, I see. only played two and natural selection two was an asymmetrical multiplayer shooter where one team plays as like space Marines and the other team plays as aliens. Interesting. And uh, multiple was, aliens or just one alien? There was like an alien. Uh, I think there was like different classes of aliens that you could <laughs> play as. And they did different things, and the humans had different classes that they could play as. Um, gotcha. But what's interesting is that there is actually some slight crossover between Subnautica and Natural Selection 2. Oh. Which we will get into in a little bit. It, the... it was a pretty cool game. It was definitely ahead of its time, which I think is kind of what Unknown Worlds is doing. They're trying to take things that exist and and really tweak them by making a multiplayer shooter that's asymmetrical and then making an, an exploration game that's actually a horror game yeah yeah that's interesting the um the um the natural selection it reminds me of that one game that didn't really take off called evolve oh you... man i have such such a soft spot in my heart for evolve i i evolve, always whatever. saw the trailers i always wanted to play it but by the time that i was gonna get around it they were already like shutting things down i was, it like, was oh, dead okay never mind then yeah, I don't I I really don't remember the whole story about what happened to that game, but mm-hmm. I did play it quite a bit in beta and it was just so unique and so much fun and it's 
definitely I, I feel like there's room in my in my heart and there's room in the world for another asymmetrical <laughs> shooter game i just love but... the the logo the logo was genius um oh yeah but... <laughs> it what was it again it was the um the the monster is the e then the v and evolve is like the versus and then o l v e are the other name class oh. class names that's funny yeah i remember um, that so so i saw that i was like dang that's that's some next level that's some juicy logo but this isn't use your logos this is use your that's items. a different that sounds like a great podcast we might have to branch off and just do a logo podcast <laughs> just right we we take every week and just talk about a different logo i'm 100 percent positive that that is a graphic <laughs> design podcast that exists today that and must. if it isn't and you're listening and you're into that stuff you should do it because that's a fire idea <laughs> So tell me, yeah. what is what is your relationship with Subnautica? What what how so, how did you come to decide to play this game? So we'll start in spoiler free territory, and then we'll we'll try to demarcate spoilers. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm expecting probably about an hour or so. Sure. And my relationship with Subnautica is it was a pretty cool exploration game that came mm-hmm. out in like i would say really at like the the peak for me of like steam sales mm-hmm, when yeah. i had a little bit more money and i had a better computer and a steam sale would roll around and demolish my wallet and my steam library would grow and grow and grow and grow as it does and as it does and i remember getting this game on a sale Many, many moons ago, mm-hmm. I played it on Steam uh, for this go around. And a couple of my friends who are very, very into exploration games, base building games and games that have that progression of I make a thing that helps me get another thing. And then I use that to make another thing to make another thing and gather more things. That whole like exploration mm-hmm. Minecraft kind of progression style. Jay, Brian, you know who you are. Uh, This is very much in their wheelhouse. And I've enjoyed those games. I've enjoyed the Minecrafts of the world, the Terrarias, the Starbounds. And I I always got to a point where I'm like, okay, I've had enough. I've had enough slices. I've had I've had enough pasta and I am ready to have a different meal. And I've always had a trouble. I've traditionally had trouble finishing games. And a side a side effect of doing this series has been it's been very effective for me to just like finish games and like follow them the whole way through. And moreover, the experience of Subnautica is something that was super, super important to my buddy Jay and uh, and my friend Brian as well, who uh, really I think this game just vibed with them from a perspective of it's not just a game about building a base and gathering more mater- more materials and stuff like that, but it's a game about ex- that's driven solely on exploration while there is a story that is both happening because of you and a story that is happening around you and a story that has already happened. So yeah. it kind of you you join a story in the middle of it and you get this experience of you're starting to explore and i think it does that sto- that that storytelling via exploration 
very, very well. I think yeah. it's a game that I see a lot of Breath of the Wild, a lot of maybe uh, even Tears of the Kingdom in where mm. the the vehicle to move the story forward is to explore. Yeah. And as you move the for the story forward, you have you're you're constantly exploring and mm -hmm. it rewards that sort of uh, th that gameplay loop. Not as well as Breath of the Wild. Uh, we can get into that, but it certainly does. It does take, I think, the groundwork that something like Terraria, which I don't actually know if that came out before this and uh, certainly Minecraft laid down mm -hmm. before this. Um, yeah. Yeah, Terraria was 2011. So the yeah, my my relationship with Subnautica is just something that I always saw my friends play and talk about and they had loved quite a bit and I was always kind of spooked out by the water. So <laughs> I kind of was a little reluctant to get into it. I had probably started it two two maybe three times mm -hmm. and I don't think I ever got very very far and I certainly didn't get outside of the safe shallows and gotcha, I don't gotcha. think I got much further than like the kelp forests. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, what about you, Fran? Um, so for me, Subnautica, I, I, I was wrong about this game. I thought this was a different genre of game. Really? I thought it was a roguelike. I don't know oh why. Oh my gosh. I, I I had heard my friend talking about it, and for some reason, I guess they explained it very poorly, or I misunderstood incredibly poorly. And so I just thought that Subnautica was a, a exploration kind of deal where you're trying to go deeper and deeper to escape or find something, and but it was kind of like a roguelike in that you would return to base and every day you had to like go back into the depths and try to <laughs> find something. That's what I had in my head. Oh my God. <laughs> That's a very different yeah, game. It's a very different game. So when I started playing and, and it was immediately apparent that this is not going to be a roguelike or a roguelite. Um, that was, that was fine. I, I am, I've slowly learned that I might not be the biggest fan of roguelike or roguelites. I do love specific uh, roguelites. Ooh. So I started out with Crypto the Necrodancer. And I love uh -huh. Crypto the Necrodancer. And I loved Gunfire Reborn. And so I thought that I was a... Gunfire fun. Yeah. I thought I was a, a true, honest to God, roguelite um, lover. And then I've played a few more. And little by little, as more as I played, I ended up being like oh i i think I, I think i don't necessarily like the genre i just like specific games in the genre mm -hmm. and lo and behold that is a little bit that i learned about subnautica i so you mentioned how you have trouble finishing games i have the yeah. exact opposite i learned very quickly when playing this game that I don't think I like starting survival games. I I, oh. I find the core game... Essentially, the game starts. The game starts, uh, you, you crash land somewhere. You don't know. Um, and so... You're in an escape pod. You're in an escape You pod. crash land. Yeah. 
first five minutes, this is nothing. You don't, you don't, it's not like your character has amnesia. And you no, have this to isn't spoilers. No. no, no, not at all. And so I get in, I notice, okay, I have a, f- a hunger bar and a, and a thirst bar. Okay, cool. I open up my PDA, which shows you like everything that you can build and everything and all these different things. And I immediately, my, my first reaction, and this is the first time that I guess I internalized this about survival games, just went, I need to like, this is so much to learn. And I know that for a certain type of person, this is, there's their bread and butter. Like, oh, I get to learn this new subsystem and, and get to discover all these things. And I like discovering things, but my, my enjoyment of discovering is, I guess, breadcrumb discovering little by little rather than getting thrown. Hey, here are. 20 things 20 mechanics we're not gonna tell you which one is the best or which one you should do first which one you should do whatever you're just gonna have to figure it out some of these things are even impossible for you to build right now and you're just gonna have to figure out which ones are which um you have to deal you're gonna have to deal with it and so the first I i would say the first five hours of this game were me wishing that this was multiplayer, which is very antithetical. Later on, we can talk a little bit more about why it being multiplayer would be antithetical to the theme of. Let's let's put a pin in that actually, because I have comments about about it being <laughs> multiplayer. And the reason I felt like that was because I was like, I wish I was like having these conversations with someone about this thing this um oh which one should we build first which one is more important which one is x y or z and honestly if we want to start like moving on from our initial experiences to some other conversations i think that is part of the conversation right that this game has a Mm -hmm. really good job of making you feel so alone (laughs) and making you feel oh my god yes so and even to that point of like i am exploring i am i am doing all these things and i want to show i want i even almost i took screenshots and was like oh i want to send this over to jason to see what he thinks (laughs) and stuff like that was like no but that might be spoilers that might be like influence stuff so i can't really do that so it's just feels so lonely such a lonely experience sometimes yeah yeah i think that's a really good point actually i saw in doing a little bit of research after i finished playing the game i saw there's a youtuber i think lord lord of bacon lord bacon i'll put a link in the show notes they make a ton of subnautica videos some really really good ones and one of the ones that they did for october of this year last year was they at they like acted out in game in like in the game engine like some pretty popular creepy pastas from Subnautica. Oh, Subnautica creepy pasta. Oh, really? The one that they <laughs> that they worked out was pretty cool. Uh, about uh, it's like a mod that supposedly adds NPCs to your game, <laughs> but of course that's not. I'll I'll let the video speak for itself. But there's more to to it that meets the eyes than just downloading a simple mod to add in some ai and some creepy stuff happens <laughs> and they they did a great job with it it was really a, it was super entertaining but 
I think this sense of loneliness. I also think this is uh, is I think that sense of loneliness is is critical to uh, the first player, like the first playthrough experience of this game. I yeah, will say I yeah. feel like for whatever reason, maybe because it, you know, we're recording this uh, in December, so we're kind of we started playing this in the midst of like the holiday season. You had returned from your trip to Japan. And yeah. you were back, you were back and forth between uh, Montreal and Boston and stuff like that. So I feel like we've, we were less in communication during our playthroughs of this too. Like I streamed it a couple of times. Fair. You show, you showed up, <laughs> but then you had a dip because I was going to spoil something for you. And yeah, there is this element yeah. of, it is kind of hard to share what's going on because if you build something that's really cool and different, you have no idea if I've been, if I've built that yet and what that means, yeah. what that shows to, to play of the game. And, and once we get into spoilers, we can talk a little bit more in depth as to, because I did see some of what, of while you were streaming and there were some things where I was like, I decided very early on not to take that, <laughs> to take that approach yeah and that would have been better or i think i my way was better and and that was uh there is there's a lot uh not to get away too far away from loneliness but there is definitely a lot of i'll put a pin in in multiple endings not as a spoiler uh, but as a or not multi open-endedness there we go that's the word i'm looking okay. for open-endedness as a as a concept i guess is is something that i want to i guess talk about yeah, a bit absolutely um i'm trying to think what else i want to say before uh, before we kind of get into spoilers um if you like exploration mm -hmm. games i think this is absolutely a phenomenal one to check out mm -hmm. and i think part of the part of the joy of subnautica is that there is um I, I forget who described it. I saw it described in a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild like design breakdown where every time you hit a hill, you find something that's worth doing. We've talked about yeah, it before on the yeah. podcast where you, you yeah. reach a new peak and then that peak gives you 15 different things that you can do from there. And then you hit you yeah, go to one of yeah. them and then you find two more, you know, you find five more things to do and then two more <laughs> things. And like and that's how you branch. That's how you move away from the map and that's why all of the you know the interesting stuff that kind of leads you out is in the outer ring of the starting areas usually yeah and that's very very true here and that that's really writ large mm -hmm. in subnautica so if you're if yeah. you like base building if you like exploration I, I really think this is a fantastic game to check out mm -hmm. if you like horror games and you like that experience this game this game is pretty terrifying and this game's pretty scary especially if you if you suffer from you know if you suffer from like Thalassophobia or something like that. Maybe don't, but I I will be a hundred percent honest with you. This game kind of low key gave me some thalassophobia because it, yeah. honestly, some of these some of these uh critters are are honestly smaller than and slower than real life yeah. <laughs> things. Yeah. And and that is not helpful uh to think about. Uh, mm. but yeah. For me, from my standpoint, I also agree. I think it is definitely worth um, sticking it out. I will say that 
this game definitely, I felt, has a lot of uh, peaks and valleys. Yeah, 100%. Um, there are a lot of parts where I was vibing, I was enjoying myself, and there were valleys in which I was like, I feel like I'm grinding, I'm kind of bored, I'm just going to turn on a podcast or, or watch a video while I'm doing this. Oh, interesting. This is... This is this is getting this is getting kind of ridiculous. Um, the game is relatively eh, not relative. It's mid sized, thirty hours, and how long to be? Yeah, uh, it took me forty. Uh, it took me forty as well. Um, yeah, it took me forty as well, um, and that was I streamed. I did three sessions of three and a half, three. Uh, yeah, I, I probably did close to ten hours on stream, mm-hmm. which, and that's always yeah, slower, yeah, but yeah, still. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I, uh, so I think it's definitely a, it's, it's, oh, 10 hours of commitment is always such a big thing to ask of someone. But I think that that is probably the cutoff point for if, if by t- hour 10, you're like, I don't think I'm gonna like this, then I think it's like, yeah, just, uh, there are some goodies, definitely, some really cool things that happen after hour 10 i do like the story too but uh, but i don't think that it is worth going through that much like that much if you're not enjoying those first 10 hours then it's gonna be like yeah that's pretty much what you're gonna be doing the whole game yes (laughs) there is no major gameplay shift within the first 10 hours that would change your opinion of the game if you didn't like yes. the first 10 hours or if you were exactly. if you were rubbing th- there's a small caveat to it and i'm gonna bring it up right at the top of the spoiler section because i feel like i played this game wrong and that's not something i often will say <laughs> and i don't necessarily think it's the fault of the game so much as it is a reflection of me as a player but mm-hmm. yeah i i think the game is terrifying and the game is absolutely like i played soma which i might write about but i played soma during halloween like spooky season which is a horror game like it is from the top line from the byline it is a horror game made by the same people who made amnesia which was like the most viral horror game for many years in the in the mid in the mid aughts and that game i think was less scary than subnautica was way more often that is so interesting that you say because i think um for me personally uh playing through this game and i think it just happens to be with uh a certain sense of how you approach games and how do you become engrossed in a game for me the pro i would it wasn't like i was scared it wasn't like a horror horror for me personally it was more of tenseness and and lack of a better word, under pressuredness. Yeah. That 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 was just an underlying stress at all times. Essentially, for me personally, like I I was the one who, if I would see a monster, I would just and by monster I just mean a sea creature. There are no, there's just everything is creatures. If I saw a sea creature, I would stop what I'm doing and just try to get as close as possible <laughs> to scan it. They'll be like, it was like, come on, come on, let me, let me scan you. <laughs> let me like, as long as I knew where the thing was, I would be fine. Yes. 
once it leaves my yes, uh, my yes, cell, yes. I'm like, I am now the unknown. Well, now you're, Where now you're is prey. It? <laughs> now I am prey. Um, so so yeah, so that so if you so as you can see here, two very different um, reactions to the game. For me, I was never. Honestly, there was only one part where I was scared, but I can, we can, but it'll get into spoilers. Um, and beyond that, everything else was not, don't go into this game expecting an amnesia type Absolutely horror not. or a Soma type horror. Or it's not Resident or, Evil 2. Such, it's not like Resident that. Evil, no. It's, it's the same fear you had when the, the very first time you booted up Minecraft and you didn't think anything of it, and then the sun set, <laughs> and then you just hear noises rustling around you, and you suddenly realize how deeply and desperately exposed you are. Yes, that is a hundred percent so different. Multiply that times times two, because now you have two more cardinal directions that you need to worry about. Yes, which is yes. above and below Dude, you. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I said the same thing when I was either when I was streaming it or I was just streaming it to some friends privately and i was like the scariest part about this game is that i have to contend with way more directions than i'm used to contending with <laughs> which is part of the real deep fear of being in the water and not knowing what's like around you i've never been scuba i've never mm -hmm. been underwater like that or mm -hmm. you know in water in seawater clear enough to have that experience mm -hmm. of like opening my eyes or using goggles in like the ocean and like have it like it's very different in a pool obviously yeah i guess this is where i where i have experience i had a scuba license oh wow i didn't know um, that um yeah 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 I, I did a few dives i never went below 40 40 meters um, 40 feet 40 feet no <laughs> 40 feet uh no i got 50 feet at one point um it's crazy how that doesn't um, sound like a lot and then you it is dangerous yeah. to go 50. Yeah, that's 50 <laughs> feet is... is 30 meters, something like that, 40 meters. Yeah. yeah. That's uh if you if you divide it by 3, it'll give you a rough estimate. So, so it'll be around 15 to 20 meters. 15 to 20 meters. Um, okay. Yeah, because 15 times 3 that's 30, that's 45. Yeah. So, um nah, it is oh lord. Oh no. This is the part of the podcast where we reveal that Fran's a real human being with the cell phone. Oh, no. Shut oh, up. no. That can't be edited out. Anyway. So, yeah. So, so, and something that really came about while I was playing this game of, like, I love, I love the decision-making of games that are trying to be somewhat realistic. And this game... Requires some level of realism to kind of make you feel like you're in danger, 100%. right? It can't make you, it can't make you invincible because then, then there's no tension. The then you're not in danger. There's no tension. But the real killer in scuba is is the bends, right? It's right? pressure, <laughs> which, which doesn't exist. <laughs> well, it's not even. It's well, it is pressure. Uh, but it's the so whenever you go scuba dive, I don't know if anybody cares <laughs> about this, but. Uh, whenever you go scuba diving, uh, you need to keep track of how long underwater you were at certain right. depths. Because the nitrogen in your bloodstream pressurizes, and so 
If you go down 50 feet, once you resurface, you can only you must stay out of out of the water for 15 minutes before you even attempt a 20 feet uh, dive or anything like this. Because if you do too many deep dwelling, I this by the way, if you're a scuba expert, I know these numbers are wrong. I don't remember the math <laughs> in my head use right this now. This is a resource for your test. Yeah, and essentially, like, it's like, I think at 100 feet, you're now at five minutes. You can only be five minutes down there. Um, because if you end up um, above water, the the um, concentration of nitrogen to oxygen is whack in your body, and you pretty much need to go to the hospital. Right. That's one thing. The other thing of, like, if you resurface quickly enough, the, the answer, like, they tell you as long as you're breathing through your apparatus, you're fine. But if you ever like you're have a uh, a danger like oh my god my my tank broke or something like that, you need to scream all the way up. You need to be breathing out all the way out because if not your lungs will coll- will implode. Oh god, because of the pressure co- going up above water. So if you're at fifty feet, there's a lot of pressure. Um, oxygen is very pressurized in your lungs, and then if you try to keep that oxygen in your body as you go up, then issues. Yes. So it's one of those things of like, if you have an emergency, it's better to not have oxygen in your system than it is, than to, it have is it. to have oh oxygen. So I never, I barely ever did 50 or 40. I usually just stayed in 20 to 30, which is a pretty safe, uh, a safe, um, shallow, to be as it were. Yeah, the safe, shallow, yeah. as it were. <laughs> which in the game, yeah, that's in the game. Yes, that is about how much <laughs> you usually go when the safe, safe spots. Yeah. And it, so it turns out that there, there. I don't know if there's a very, a very thriving mod community for Subnautica, but I know that mm-hmm. there is a pretty vibrant one in the sense that there's a lot of really, really powerful and interesting mods to this game in the years past, including a realism mm-hmm. mod that puts the bends in the game. Oh my god, <laughs> that'd be so annoying. It's, it's I, very I, I difficult. <laughs> it doesn't translate it as like death but if you do surface too quickly you will end up taking uh damage to to the tune of quite a bit of damage there's um there is hardcore mode which is available in the game as it is it's one life no o2 warnings and then you also have uh there's a multiplayer mod that my friends have been playing and there's also like a realism like a realistic crafting mod that increases the costs of building by about three or four times so that to the tune of i think they showed me how much something cost um yeah they they have the largest underwater vehicle required um one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight plasteel ingots, and each plasteel ingot required forty titanium. I I think I would I think I would yeah quit. they're 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 would, a little I, bit yeah. more hardcore about stuff like that. I also would have quit, but um, yeah. So they they were playing a modded version that had that required them to have three hundred and twenty titanium, but. We did not. We did not have that experience. So I think this is a good place for us to kind of jump off into the spoiler section. So uh, if you're here and you want to play the game now because of the little bit that we said, I'm very happy to hear it. Please let us know. Shoot us an email over at Use Your Items. Check us out on our blog and leave a comment uh, on this episode or reach out to us on Discord. We'd love to talk to you about it. 
and uh moving forward we will be spoiling the entire game so um mm-hmm. do you want to spoil the entire game or would you like to little by little spoil the entire game like maybe just the uh, hours 10 yeah we can we can take our time with 30. it so if you're playing the game and you want to and you want to stick around for a little bit longer we'll try to do it in chunks but uh it's sure. there, there isn't that much depth here either you know this is this isn't mm-hmm. you know shenmu or anything like that so like <laughs> there's not it's not like there's that much as we said, the first 10 hours is pretty much all you need to know if you're going to enjoy the next 20. And with that, let's take a break. My first hurdle with the game was I loved it. It was so beautiful. I mean, it is absolutely gorgeous still. And the shallows at night are so pretty with all the bioluminescent fish and you're swimming around. And I was so afraid of the stalkers. I was so afraid of the kelp gardens. I didn't want to go anywhere (laughs) near them. And you have to do that to progress the game. And I I was just, I had such a, it took me, I had a sea moth before I had a glider. Did you end up getting a glider? And I didn't get the glider oh, until after I got the Cyclops. What? I could not find <laughs> the blueprint. So that that's that that's the lead in oh, okay. that I was looking for. That's was fair. The game, I think, unlike other survival explore exploration games around this time, or maybe I'm wrong, uh, it doesn't gate new buildings and new tools and new items behind previous items so like once you build you know enough stuff it unlocks the next tier of stuff you know or you get the new you get to build the you know you build like your workbench and the last thing in your workbench is an upgrade to the workbench that lets you build other stuff yeah yeah no it uses the scanner module, like the scanner gun that you get, to create this this push and pull mechanic to drag you further and further and further away from your life pod mm-hmm. to bring you into deeper and deeper waters so that you can scan different things that are littered around the ocean floor from previous humans who have landed on the planet, right? So, like, just, yeah. just straight up and down, if you want to build something you that you can't already, you have to scan it. And you need to find the it. blueprints, the things that you can scan. This game is procedurally generated only in so far as where the blueprints are located. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Every every the map is always the same. Well, uh, the, uh, uh, seeded procedurally seeded because it does put the blueprints near you that are yes smaller in yes scope. yes 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 you will so... not find end game blueprints just outside of like your home base or anything like yeah. that that's not how that works but th- so there are certain sections where blueprints can spawn but it, it yeah. they can be kind of wide they can be kind of hard to find so i i ran into an issue where for the first over 10 hours of the game i had no way to go faster than just my fins 
and I had no way to go deeper because you run out of oxygen so quick that I was my actually the most effective tool I had for the first 10 hours was my air bladder because I could go down at about 100 to 120 meters with my air bladder. And then when my oxygen ran out, I could just hit the air bladder and be it back at the surface. Yeah, I never made the air bladder. I loved it. I love I, that thing. I, I just by the time that I could make the So there were so many, like I said, starting out the game. I was a little bit overwhelmed and I was like, so I don't want to, I don't want to read a novel. I'll just, I'll just figure things. I'll just, I don't need to figure things out. I'll just figure things out myself. Um, Eventually I saw by the time that I had the sea glide uh, blueprint, I read the bladder and I thought that the bladder was only one time use. And I was like, oh, so it's like an emergency like thing. Eh, I'm just going to get use a sea glider and that'll be fine. Which, which is also Um, fair. The sea glide's awesome. Yeah, so by the time that I got the sea glider, I definitely, and by that point, I saw your stream, I saw you using the bladder, and it was nice, uh, like, I was like, oh, you can reuse it, that's really nice, but at the same time, I was like, I, I'm still fine, I still would have rather had the sea glider, the sea glider is, is, is fun to zoom around, and going back to the stalkers and how you were too afraid yeah. to, to go out... I think that the fact that I realized that the health packs are respawned, like oh, in the fabricator, uh, in the fabricator, got me overconfident about practically every monster that couldn't immediately kill me in one go. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the stalker, I was like, it bit me once, and I saw, oh, it took tw- uh, like a fifth of my life. Okay, as long as I keep moving, it's fine. And so I just went in there, and I was just, like, chilling and stuff like that. And sometimes they would get close to me. I was like, hey, no, (laughs) stop it. (laughs) You know, smack him with a knife, you know. It's like, hey, stop it. Uh, For me, me, the stalkers were not definitely – more than the stalkers, the scarier uh, early game uh, critter – was the the explorer oh the crash was fish. the one that's <laughs> the crash fish that, that one was scary to me because you hear it before it activates mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like Fuck. well you couldn't do anything that was my pro- that was my biggest issue with this crash fish was there is no count you can't ever get away from it with your fins mm-hmm. so yep. and they dealt way more damage than anything else ever should and and God forbid it exploded next to an acid mushroom. Like, you could just die on the spot if the acid mushroom exploded. And, yeah, they were they were terrifying. I mean, I was I, I was definitely afraid just, like, to explore too much. I, I kind of mm. laid into it, leaned into it a little bit, too. But mm. I, was, I was very afraid of the stalkers. I don't think I've ever been bitten by a stalker. I could not tell you how much damage they deal. Really? I, I was never directly attacked by a Leviathan. Well, I shouldn't say I was never directly attacked by a Reaper Leviathan. Um Reaper, okay. And I was as 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 pictures that I showed you. Yeah. <laughs> and and the game mocked me for for I guess I should say it. I shouldn't beat about the bush. I hit a bug in the game in which a reaper leviathan charged at me while i was in my sea uh-huh. moth and it charged at me at a like an 80 degree angle into the air and so the <laughs> charge kept it going and my sea moth just kept going and me inside of it 
and I was like looking at like how far away I was getting from the from the ocean, and I was like, "Is there fall damage? I guess I should get off, right? And eventually it'll let go, and the sea moth will come down, right?" So I just jumped out. Oh my! I fell God. into the water. I was fine, and I look up and I see <laughs> the reaper leviathan still going going and now because it's a so far away i can see how far away it's actually yeah. traveling and it stops and i think it was 150 meters above ground before the leviathan lets go of it and comes back into the water and the sea moth just oh stays up God. there <laughs> and i'm just you looking at it in, like, you wouldn't have had you would have just gotten off the planet speed I, run yeah track. apparently this is <laughs> i which i guess that's the spoiler that one of the spoilers the, the objective is to get off the planet um we will get to why you're not being rescued in a second yeah. uh but yeah that is that is the that is the story of my sea moth and that was the first sea moth i lost and ever since i lost that sea moth i looked at how long it was since last i saved it was five hours oh, and no. i was like i'm pretty sure I can just make another sea moth in the time that this is. But from now on, before going on any save. expedition, I need to save. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that that's definitely a part. I also had the, a similar experience with the Reaper and my sea moth, where I lost my first sea moth, and I was exploring a wreck, and mm -hmm. I I looked around. I was like so cautious. I looked around like six times. I was like, okay, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. We're good to go. We're good to go. And then I get out of my seamoth and I'm like exploring through the wreck and I hear this terrifying roar and I'm like, oh no, what's happening? I checked, I swear I checked. And then I leave and I just see the shadow of a reaper gliding across the sand and I'm like tucked into the wreck so it can't get to me. And I'm like, how am I going to get out of this? I didn't have a sea glide. <laughs> and I was running out of oxygen because I'd been in the wreck. And I'm trying to find my sea moth. And then I look up and I see my sea moth and I see the Reaper. And the Reaper just charges at the sea moth without me in it, destroys it, and then just leaves. <laughs> and I'm like rushing for the surface at this point because I'm about to die. I was like, oh my God, is this how it's going to happen? Um, I did not die once during my, during my playthrough. Oh, um, wow. I died. I, think, I did twice. save scum once. Okay. Because I got uh, something happened to another one of my vehicles and destroyed it, and the game was like, it, at that point, it was the very end of the game. But yeah, so <laughs> I, I maybe maybe we're not um, lay, laying it down as 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 uh, as well as we could, but you know the game starts. Mm -hmm. You're just like some random dude on the Aurora, which is uh giant spaceship owned by the Altera corporation and uh through for one reason or another your spaceship is crashing and you are on an escape pod and as the escape pod is launching away from the ship you see the ship explode and then you get knocked out and you wake up on the escape pod and it's burning and you have to put the fire out and then you get out and you realize you're in the water and then you surface and then you look around and you just see the crashed ship and then water everywhere and that yeah. that is the start to the game and there's this i went out the top entrance of the escape pod and you have this moment of just like seeing the wreck and you're like oh my god and you look around and there's just water everywhere 
and you're and there's this immediate onset fear of oh i that's this is it there's only water i'm never going to be dry again and i and then you jump off and of course you like your character does like this first person dive which i thought was really cool and you just see this very vibrant alive coral reef full of like all these nice fish and all these areas and that's kind of the start of the game and and Mm -hmm. what happens in the next 10 hours is what's also going to happen in the next 30 after that right (laughs) where you walk or you swim around you don't walk you swim around you gather materials and you use the materials to make new things and what i think subnautica does really well in that first 10 hours is you learn everything you need to know about the game in that time before then even in the first in the first hour that is that is what you're going to do that being said that gameplay loop is certainly not for everybody but i do think subnautica does it really really well because it's a it lets you as a player really become familiar with a region just like the the crash site right and lets you explore an unknown space to humans that not a lot of other games really let you explore like there's not a lot that's going on in the i wanted to explore the ocean space of video games (laughs) you'd think that there would be more but a lot of them are your bioshocks yeah uh, your system shocks your your somas right the only other one that i can think of is um sea of thieves Mm. Just like you know, sometimes go underwater. If I'm going underwater in Sea of Thieves, that's even more terrifying because I'm going to see some giant shark and it's going to be a problem. Um, <laughs> or worse, a Kraken. But anyway, so you're, yeah, you, you get to explore this place, this space that nobody else really gets to explore and nobody else has mm-hmm. let you explore previously. And there's there's a real joy to having this familiarity with the reef and then later other sections like i i Mm -hmm. just think that the level like i I won't call it level design but the like the just like the geography and the Mm. way that they designed the space in subnautica is so ingenious because after a couple times like i really got to know the crash site and where I was Interesting. and I felt, I felt very comfortable. I actually, one of my buddies gave me a clean map of subnautica of like the map so that you can fill it out. And I started to do that. I, I eventually did not because I was like, I couldn't keep up with it, but I, mm. uh, he also said that he enjoyed it way more on a second playthrough when he was already somewhat familiar with what the game had to offer. Yeah. And, that's interesting you would say that because I, I never got there. I never knew where things usually were. I knew kind of the general area of certain things of like, oh, the the, uh, the entrance to the underworld, whatever, the is kind of close to here yeah. or something like that. And that's the thing. You're mentioning all these names. Are these the actual names? In, yeah, so you start off game, in the safe or? shallows, and then there's regions. Because I never... I, I gave everything my yeah. own name. Cause no, I that's, no that's way idea. better. Like I, I ended up looking up some of this stuff. But, I mean, yeah, you start off in the safe shallows, and then you're surrounded by, like, the... Uh, what do you call it? The uh, kelp forests and um 
Then there's the grassy area as well, like that red grass area. And those are like the first three zones. Gotcha. So I, I think always. that the other reason why why uh, my... I, so, so I guess a little bit of, a bit of um, the person behind the curtain uh, of how I approach the game and how I decided... I kind of decided how I'm going to defeat beat this game slash why i didn't really learn the areas that Mm -hmm. much and it's because i ended up figuring out okay what is the bare minimum of resources that i need to make a scanner plus place to to dock so moon bay plus scanner plus energy source and i built i think it was like 10 to 20 my god of these like satellite bases oh my god in which that's how that's how i tackled that's it i was so like okay i'm here i'm gonna go 500 meters this way build another one 500 meters this way because now i have power source now i have a scanner that essentially what you were worried about like oh the blueprints and stuff like that i had that problem too and i was like okay i'm just gonna make a scanner a scanner every thousand a scanner yeah my bad a scanning room every thousand uh-huh. meters and that should give me enough coverage to find essentially any blueprint, any interesting thing, any data wow, point. Wow, that is so any, smart. Anything. I should have talked to you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so when I saw when I so you look at my bases, my bases are crap because they're small. They're just like two things. They're just a. At first, it was a moon base plus normal room plus scan yeah. room because the normal room was to put a bioreactor yeah. in. But once I learned how to do thermal, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put a thermal. Um, oh, I never use thermal. thermal. Yeah, I was not using it until I went deeper and deeper. And it got to the point where I was like, there's barely any uh, bio stuff to cut to like put uh-huh. into the bioreactor. So I'm going to have to just, this, uh, the geothermal vents are going to have to be what decides yeah. where my next uh, thing is. So I had one at the entrance to the river that you were talking yeah. about. I had one at, uh, I, ca- I called it um, Futbuck Island. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can talk about why it's called that later. Um, I woke up, we called one Reverse Nest. And so I gave it names that kind of like give, had a mnemonic in my head of like, I know what this is. If I need to come back here, I can get back here. And by know where this is i mean like i put it would put a beacon oh man beacons beacons are critical um if you're playing this game for the first time let me tell you just make if you think you have enough beacons you don't you You absolutely do not and they're cheap they're great it's cheap um so so that's how i played the game and that's how i ended up like i think my deepest uh base was right next to the glow tree yeah that was where I put in my my like deepest base, and that's how I I essentially play the game. I just essentially, I guess I'll give you a bit of a timeline of my game. Hours zero through five normal, five through ten was trying to find the goddamn silver. Yeah. From t- ten to fifteen, it was um um, Footbuck Island and and the aliens. Mm-hmm uh 15 through 20 was where the fuck am i supposed to find these blueprints yeah. slash other things expand my bases uh, fifth, uh, t- uh 15 to 20 was okay i need to build the rockets like 25 to 30 was okay i need to go into that under 
water underground channel with all the really creepy mm-hmm. shit. Um, 30 to 35 was me getting lost because I, I think that I overestimated Subnautica a little bit here. So after there's so many like plot twists and so there many are. parts in this game that are like, Oh my God, that's amazing. That by this point, I have expected there to be a second deeper tunnel, yeah. like a cave system. That would be where the end game is, but apparently not. It's part of the other cave system. Um, so I just explored way too much, like way too far away until I eventually came back there and mm-hmm. found it. Uh, and then finally, the last few hours was the antidote and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's my, my timeline. At yeah. Least. I think your timelines, it's, it's a little different than mine. Um, and then you all, you, you also did, uh, did, uh, bury the lead there a little bit on the antidote. So yeah, so there is a, uh, yeah, that's might be. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so one of the things that happens at the beginning of the game is you get, inf- you, you scan yourself, the PDA tells you to scan yourself and you find out that you're infected, uh, with this strange bacteria. And then you find out that everything on this planet is infected with this bacteria. And that's kind of like the first nugget of the story and the way th- uh, that mm-hmm. they tell the story as well which is pretty cool because that's it's it's all like uh, i want to call it procedural storytelling because mm-hmm. most of the story is told in things that you find and pick up it's kind of like yeah dark souls in that way or uh bloodborne yeah, yeah. or something like that where there's really no nobody's there's no narrator except for your pda computer and like the AIs on your ships that are saying welcome up and things like that. So the game focuses on using. So even as like you described like these, these chunks of hours, uh, you describe them specifically with the tools needed to explore and what you were exploring, yeah. which is that's a hundred percent what the game wants. The game wants you to, yeah. to explore this way. They want you to explore the, uh, um, like the need to discover new stuff to keep doing that. And that's like this treadmill which, that you're on. Which I will say is one of my unfortunate gripes with it. I kind of wish it wasn't as necessary to grab so many things to, to, uh, to make things. Uh, so yeah, I things. got a little tired of it myself. Like, so I built the Cyclops. Uh, Would you name it? And I, uh, I hated the Cyclops what? at first. I named it nothing. I oh my god! I was, was I loved my Cyclops. So disappointed. I was so disappointed. It moved so slow. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to outrun anything. I'm not gonna be able to do like it's way too much work to drive this damn thing. I have like all these different cameras. It's, it's there's a joke when you build this thing that says that it's a yeah. three person operation and you're by yourself. So you're like, Oh Lord. And I, I think I built it and didn't use it for like two to three hours. Oh, man. Cause I was, I was like, addicted. I was like, I was like, this thing sucks. <laughs> I hate this thing. And then after a while, I, I was like, you know what? If I treat it as a moving base, then I that's think really I can I can accept I can accept this, and that's essentially how I ended up. Like, okay, I this is this this little cyclops. You're not. Too I bad. love the so the cyclops is the submarine, 
and it's the largest vehicle that you can build, and it's the last vehicle that you build. Yeah. I would, I would. Well, <laughs> you say that. You build a prawn last. Okay. Yes. Uh, it was the last vehicle I built, and it was the second to last vehicle that it's, Francisco built. It's supposed to be the last vehicle you build, but again, as I was saying, I saw the prawn. Like a lot of the stuff that I saw getting, like you can now build X. I immediately would go, yeah, but why? Okay, fair. Like, why do I need, why do I, like, you can build the prawn. And you're like, I'm like, yeah, but I have a sea moth. It's the faster. Sea moth is, it's, why would I? And I, the only reason I ended up getting the prawn was because I misused my, my ion cubes. And so I needed to uh, drill ion cubes. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. I was able oh, to get... You, but you can't bring the sea moth. I just swam. Damn, bro. Bruh. You're built different. Just you're sea just, glide, you're baby. Built different, bro. Sea glide, baby. You're so built different. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going anywhere if there's not a little, a small layer of enameled glass and titanium between me and everything else. Nah, bruh. Bruh, that, that Kraken monster and the, the dragon, the dragon Leviathan. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, sup, bruh? I had a scanner in the in the under <laughs> like i had i made a base down there really? where, the, where the dragon where the dragon is and so i put a scan and then i had the hud that lets me see through yeah. walls like things i would just set it to see to dragon leviathan and then i'd be like i now know where it is at all times so that's I don't actually need to worry kind of that's it. kind of awesome okay. that's like very big brains. yeah um <laughs> okay so so we played this game very differently. I'm bearing the lead here a lot. Sorry, that, that's, guys. I, I'm getting okay. Ahead of I think um, yeah. If uh, if you're still with us, uh, you can basically <laughs> consider that our spoilers are wide open at this point. We weren't able to contain yeah, ourselves. I yeah. apologize. Um, I think that so like that experience that you had and breaking down this this uh, the game into those sections and rubbing against that the wrong way i i think that's Mm -hmm. that's pretty reasonable and it's i mean it's also not a game that you were this this was a game off my list that i was interested to play more than you were for sure oh i enjoyed it though i i definitely enjoyed my time i i think that it was subnautica is too smart for its own good like it is so smart in a lot of the decisions that it's making to the point that sometimes i'm like Oh, it probably is even smarter than that, right? Like, 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 you're so smart. I expect you to be smarter, and it wasn't. And from there, I'm just talking about like open endedness. Like, okay, you're being so open ended and so like smart about how you give me this information and how you do all these things that you probably, I, there probably is like five or six vehicles, and I only need to make three to 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 uh finish the game when in reality you have to build every single one unless you have the you know it's your second playthrough and therefore you know exactly what you need to do so when i mentioned that i there are certain uh deposits of minerals that you can only drill with the prawn and there is one specific mineral that is um the ion cubes that are the the uh, drill version respawn but the non-drill version do not respawn the cubes by themselves do not respawn 
So you only get a certain number of those. And me thinking back, I spent some of those on things that I really didn't need. Ion cubes? And I think ion cubes, yeah. On like a card. Yeah. Or like a purple card. Or well, you have card infinite ion card. cubes in the game. Mm, you have infinite ion cubes if you have the yes. prawn. Yeah. So that's okay. what I'm saying. Like you can beat the game without oh, the problem. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. If you had it, if you had saved your ion cubes till the very right. end, like I got to the end, I only needed one extra ion cube. <clears throat> so if I had not wasted one ion cube, I would have been able to finish the game without the problem. Interesting. Um. So I kind of so I so that's one thing where I thought, oh, the Subnautica is smart, and the like the the whole cave system where it was like this whole. And so the end game is this area I called it the uh, Leviathan graveyard where there's these like giant it's skeletons really of past monsters. It's super scary. The scariest monsters are down there. It's very creepy and all these things. And you think I thought that that was the deepest area in there. Mm-hmm. Like this is one area. This is the the Gerudo Valley. And now I need to go to Zora's domain to find the other deep area as well but no it's actually the the the, the that's the second to last mm-hmm. space the last last space is just right there yeah. underneath it so you just need to go around a corner yeah. and and you're done and i did not expect that i thought that it was going to be somewhere mm-hmm. else um which which is in line with uh, um what the game has done really up until that yeah. point it's it's pretty it's almost unusual that the uh uh that once so that area the leviathan graveyard is called traditionally or i guess by the game it's called the lost river and there's like a river of that green caustic stuff down there and that area leads directly into the giant cove tree and then you go around that corner and then go down into the yeah it's so weird it's really cool but it is very weird um and then you go into the uh basically the uh inactive volcano and and by the story by the lore in the game the entire area that you're in is the crater of a giant underwater volcano like an absolutely Mm. massive volcano so the whole area which is i think it's supposed to be like i think it's five miles across or a mile across or something it's like not that much Mm -hmm. um it's it's the crater mouth of a volcano and so when you go down 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 Mm. down to to an earlier round you're going to the uh you're going to where the magma is still still hot still active so as you go deeper and deeper yeah you you do start to see new fauna and flora and unlike the rest of the game where you go somewhere you get something and then there's really no reason for you to stay there so unless you need something there. And so then you go back to your base and then you find the next, the next little nook. And mm-hmm. it's pretty unusual that the lost river is this kind of like almost like a straight line, right. To, to the yeah. end of the game. And I, and I think that's on purpose. Cause I think at that point in, in its design and in the storytelling, like you are really proactive about your story. Uh, like you are telling the story at that point. Like really, once you get down yeah. to the lost yeah. river, you stop getting there's no more prompts from your radio right so like in the game there's a radio and the radio yeah. gives you and you'll pick up like signals from like aliens on the planet you'll pick up signals from uh from other spaceships that are going by sometimes you'll pick up signals uh like former like old distress signals from old life pods that also landed and stuff like that and all of this is to pull you into different 
biomes, pull you into different areas, and let you see and experience more and more of what the game has to offer, which I think is just brilliant, right? Like this is, yeah, it gives you it gives you a material incentive to go to these life pods because oh, I might get a new blueprint, I might get a new, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a new material that I need. Like I couldn't find rubies, where do I go? And it's like oh, I have to go find this life pod. Boom, there's rubies, there's gel sacks, there's arrow gel, you know. And mm. I think that experience, uh, that that sort of environment that quite literal environmental storytelling is done so 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 well here and there's so much of the story that's told that's not told directly just in like the things you see like when you get to the one of my favorite moments is you get to the inactive volcano area and you go through and if you're me you're swinging around on your prawn suit with your grappling arm and you're swinging like spider-man through it and you're like nothing can bother me i'm in my giant mech suit i'm swinging around and then you see this huge glowing blue pillar of kyanite which is the rarest material in the game and you're like finally i've found it my you know my my precious my precious gem my precious material my mineral and you go and you start grinding it with the drill arm and you gather and gather and gather and then you see more you see more and then you find like nickel deposits and magnetite and you're like oh my god i have everything i could possibly ever need i just need to load up and then you keep eking further and further in following basically like this this breadcrumb trail of kyanite and uh Eventually, you see the uh, somewhat fresh skeleton of a Reaper Leviathan, which is is the most popular, most plentiful Leviathan in the game. I believe there's like 15 or 16 mm-hmm. of them or something like that. And they are all over the place, and they're very loud and, frankly, extremely annoying once you get to it. Uh, they they are so annoying. <laughs> they, they, will screw up, they will screw up all of your vehicles. They they're just they just they're beautiful they're cute i love them but they're annoying so you see this skeleton and you're like why is there a re like there are no reapers in a lost river there are no reapers in the inactive lava zone and there are no reapers deeper than that in the active lava zone and there's just this really incredible moment of store of like just environmental storytelling where you're like why is there a set skeleton a little overly picked clean, but why is there this picked clean skeleton of Leviathan sitting here in the deepest part of the game that I've ever been in? And I haven't seen a Reaper Leviathan in six hours and then gliding past you in the, in the depths in the in like this murky, smoky, dark water. doesn't even seem like it's you're underwater anymore. You just see this humongous, just this mammoth Leviathan, this sea dragon, gliding past and it has like these fully like formed arms almost that it's paddling with and oh my god it was like it was like such an incredible moment of just like holy shit they did they fucking they fucking did it again (laughs) after 35 hours of playing this game after having seen everything it had to offer it it leaves me with this one last moment of it did the same thing it did it, the first 10 hours it just did it again and i and i oh my god i just love that shit man that's like and that's not even i mean it is the last dangerous it is. it's not even the biggest leviathan, leviathan. though yeah wait no is it's it? smaller than the sea emperor 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one I yeah. was talking about. This the emperor. This emperor is chill. The emperor is the homie. character. But yeah, yeah, right. No, I, <laughs> I, I was just so enamored with with that with that experience. I, I had a really funny moment of using. I was so unlike you, Fran. I was addicted to my Cyclops. I loaded it up immediately. I put a fabricator on it. Like as soon as I got it, I put in a million lockers. I was like, this is this is my home. I live here now. I had, I had, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's the thing. I had so many homes yeah. all over the place that I was like, eh, I don't I had this. one big base that was hanging over the edge of a cliff, uh, facing the Aurora in the blood, in the blood, gra- okay. in like the grassy plain, like near one of the life pods mm-hmm. over there. Um, and that was awesome. I loved it. I had a moon pool that was literally hanging off of a cliff so I could just like, it was so easy to just glide in. Easy um i had a scanner there and then i made another base near a bunch of uranium i ga- i gathered a ton of uranium i never used that base again i went down to the lost river and then instead of going to the that giant cove tree to make my base i made a base mm. right before it where that big skeleton was i made my mm. yeah i had three i had three bases oh my god dude i just Somewhere that's crazy the- i had one <laughs> down there and it had everything i needed it had the, the scanner it had an observatory it had um observatory you see i didn't i i uh, people say oh it's a base building as well i never treated this game as a base building yeah because it was like wh- all i need is a moon pool and a scan you were very utilitarian that's in all play. i need that's that's all i need i did build a big base later on because later on i see the enzyme peakers the peakers is that what they're called the beakers the oh the peepers the peepers is that peepers peepers uh the enzyme peepers and i honestly thought that that was how you were gonna cure yourself so i actually thought like because when you read the pda it says oh further research into this enzyme should be uh, prove useful blah 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 so I was like, okay, so that's the end game. So I'm going to make a big base. I made an uh, alien like, research tub and a containment unit and put a bunch of peepers in there. And I just sat there for an hour figuring out how do I research this? Is there anything yeah. that I have to build to research? It? Nah, it doesn't matter. It really kind of a bit of a, a, bit of a, a red dead end there, but red herring but that's so funny but uh, i never made an alien i made an alien containment unit and then it tanked the whole integrity so i had to delete it and fix my shit and fix my stuff i was like i'm never doing this again and then one of the one of the somebody popped into my stream i was like this is the most useful thing in the game because you can just harvest everything in it and i'm like that makes a lot of sense Mm. anyway did you make a scuttlefish no i did not make a cuttlefish it is the cutest it is it is not found anywhere in the wild yeah you it have is, to raise you it, find right? this egg. Yes, and it's a, like a little like happy face, like tentacle Aww. monster, and you're like, oh my god, you're adorable. Yeah, <laughs> I did not find one. I thing I never really was... used the the alien containment unit. That was like the main thing I never really used. Mm. I think I built gotcha. everything else. I I enjoy base building. I think if you're if you like mm. that, you can certainly have a really awesome experience because everything's like tubes and. Like, yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. really beautiful biomes that you can build a base in. Uh, so if that's if that's more your speed, then I think this is a great game for that. But that usually is my speed. The problem is that for me, I always felt like I needed those resources for other mm-hmm. stuff. Now, granted, maybe it was because I had 20 bases 
instead of having just like one giant base. Right. But but yeah, I just ended up like the scan scanning room was just such an important tool, like for me, tool for just finding stuff all over the That's place. That's so funny. I think I that, made that too. was just. I just every base was always moon pool and scan bit moon pool whatever. Eventually, it, it it became like it became useless in that. I was looking in the wrong places for things, so it didn't matter that I was making a scanning room, and that's why I think we ended up like finishing at the about the same yeah. time. Um, but but yeah, I I was like you said, I was super utilitarian. I guess I was very um, you were very engrossed in the game from a horror perspective and fear perspective. Yeah. I was very engrossed in the game in a perspective of. I need to fucking survive and get the hell yeah. out of here. What is the most efficient way of doing yeah. <laughs> of doing that? I think it's great that the game kind of offered both of those experiences though, where yeah. where it was it was more than happy to let you just treat base building and the habitat builder as like this is a tool to advance this to advance myself. Yes. And it's perfectly fine at doing that. Um it, it's yeah, I, I think that's that's a really great magic trick that the game does where I, I can spend 15 minutes staring at a Reaper skeleton thinking about what that means and you can build 15 scanner rooms and we can both walk away thinking like, oh, wow, this was a really cool game. And I, I yeah, think yeah. for me, what I really loved about it is that compared to other survival games, this is one where I was so intrigued about what was next and I found mm -hmm. yeah. the experience of gliding in my sea moth through the ocean like especially like you get so familiar or i got so familiar with like the blood kelp zone <laughs> and the underwater islands and like like all this stuff and like you just start to recognize these areas i did anyway and then like you just hit something like this looks a little weird and then it just drops off and it just goes down another 600 meters and you're like oh shit like what is this even which is awesome i really like that except when you hit the dead zone oh the void <laughs> the void because i personally oh was Fran, like, i know what you're oh no i told you i expected okay there must be more i can't just be you there. went all like, the way I out explored everywhere. i went out and i started going down that was one of the moments of fear because you can't see Pitch anything black. it's all dark and you're like just yeah just going down the seamoth can't go any lower time to get out no. of my seamoth and start swimming down how, uh, how deep did you get i i don't even remember probably so the seamoth at that point my seamoth could only get 500 meters at that point so i probably got like 800 900 before being like well i'm gonna die out of oxygen so i might as i need to go back to my seamoth um I don't know if you ever tried uh, going into the. Dead um, zone. I I did. Uh, uh, yeah. I went out. <laughs> oh, you went out. No, yeah, I, I went, went out. Uh, bad, <laughs> I very 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 bad idea. Both are very bad ideas because at least I I don't know how dark it gets if you just keep not terribly. Okay, if you go down, it gets incredibly yeah. dark and incredibly. Quiet. quiet really like, all you no can music. hear is just 
no music, no anything. You just hear the the little your little steam out going, and then you get out, and you're like, whatever, nothing. The only time that you can see anything is when you shit your pants when a yeah. ghost leviathan comes out of nowhere, and this giant. That was my first ghost leviathan oh, I had ever boy. seen. Just comes out of nowhere, and there were two of them like dancing with each other, coming at me. I was like yeah <laughs> okay time to go it's time to yeah go. it's what a, it's uh, like such a cool way to play like play off the the edge of the map thing rather than like mm. I, like I thought the, that was really smart to be like well we're not we can't put a an invisible wall in our ocean game yeah because that's gonna feel kind of trite but what we can yeah. do is we can put the invisible wall out like a million play a million feet put nothing there and for the intrepid gamer uh they can go out there and we'll just start spawning adult ghost leviathans and mass until they die and it's like okay hope you didn't bring anything you wanted oh my god it was so terrifying i like when you go off to the very edge of the map and there's all those like crags and cliffs that are that are like carved out mm-hmm. i went out Spawned two ghost leviathans, freaked the fuck out, immediately turned around on my seamoth and just dove for the nearest, like, crack. And I was, like, banging off of the walls. It was like a pinball. And then eventually I got deep enough that the ghost leviathans couldn't get in. I was like, this is terrible. Is this the end of the map? And then I realized, yes. Did you, um, at that point, did you have the uh, scanning upgrade? The, uh, the sonar upgrade? Yeah. Yeah, I used the shit out of that sonar. I did as well. Oh, me too. Me too. I use the sonar and you can't see anything. <laughs> it just doesn't reach that far. You're like, oh, this is bad. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> um, something that I've, I've been meaning to go back to this because I want to ask you, what do you think is the first thing in the game that you experienced that you would consider a plot twist? The first plot twist for me was... Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say my gut tells me it's when you go to Mountain Island, you see the gun, and then mm. the sunbeam, the ship that's coming to rescue you, you know, at at, you know, at some point at the beginning of the game, you get this timer on your screen, the only timer that shows up on your screen, I think, that says the sunbeam is going to arrive in X minutes and then it starts clicking down and you have to go to this island, to this rendezvous area to get to it. And there's like Reaper Leviathans along the way. And it's like the furthest you've probably been, or at least it was for me. And then you see this thing landing and you're like, oh my God, this thing's going to get shot down. And then it just gets shot down and you're like, oh, I thought I was like, you knew that the game wouldn't end at that point, but it, it is this mm-hmm. moment of yeah, like, yeah. The, you were so close. Um, I That's, that's probably, that's the one that my gut's telling me. Um, I I I would agree mostly. You did mention one thing that I would consider it a plot twist by itself. And it's the fact that there are islands and there are dry lands that you, you can walk on. You're right. I think that's it. That blew my head. I was like, when I got like I was like, is that an island? Oh, that's gonna be like a mirage. The game is screwing with me and then, and as I get closer, I get closer, and then I stand on land and I'm like Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had that experience what? as well, where I'm like, what do you mean I can get, I can walk around? Why is there a crab attacking me? Like, what is going on? Like, 
Why can I like? There's plants that I can't interact. with. Why are the with? crabs from Half Life? Yeah, why, why are the head crabs here? Like it. That was. I, you're 100 percent right. That's it. It was. It was this experience of I didn't think I was gonna ever stand. Like, <laughs> outside of like a, a like a habitat. Yeah, yeah. It that was the first like. Oh, oh. Which island did you uh, discover? Mountain first? island, with the gun. Uh, floating. Oh, really? For me. Yeah, I found out uh, pretty early you on. Just sw- you island. just, like, puttered um, your way out there? No, I... There was a radio, and I think the game was trying to... T- it was supposed to be a... I was very... In- I was... I uh, The game kept telling me, you can only go this deep, and I was like, yeah, right. And I would just try to yeah. go deeper. Like, there were some life bo- life pods that it would tell me, oh, this one's 250 feet. Hmm. I technically can only go 125, but if I do this, this, and this, and then I use this, then I should be able to probably make it. And so I would just do it. (laughs) And and so one of those was the the one that is 300 meters deep. And so you're expected to just go there later once you feel more comfortable. I was like, I'll go now. Screw it. I'm going to go over there. And then I just went over there, and that's yeah. when I found the island. And I was like, yo, That what? island was <laughs> so cool with the ancient floater and, like... Yeah. I, it, that was, like, just going out and, and experiencing the story of the... Uh, so those are the Degasi bases. The Degasi, yeah. And that's with Paul, Paul Torgal, uh, which is always funny to me because uh, in Final Fantasy sixteen, the main character Clive's dog is named Torgal. But Paul <laughs> Torgal, his father, I forget his father's name, and uh, Margit, Margaret, um, is the bodyguard, mm. like the hired help, uh, or hired help, I guess, the mm. hired mercenary for uh, this very wealthy Torgal family who's like the head of their CEO. And they get like, they crash land on the base and stuff. And that, that storytelling, yeah. I love, like, there was one point on stream where like I stopped playing the game for like 35 minutes and I was just like clicking. Cause like I would, uh, my partner always gets, gets mad at me when I, when I'm like playing through a game or playing a game together. Cause I'm like, I will gather if there's like readable story, I will gather it mm-hmm. and then I will binge it all at once. I will not stop to do it at once. I'm like, if I'm playing, I'm playing. And if I'm consuming content, I will consume content. And I did this in, you are say it. You are a beautiful human being, Thank Jason, you. because somebody somebody worked really hard for people like you to really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. I skimmed it. I I read the spark notes. Fair enough. I, yeah, I was like, I was like, clink. Okay, trouble. Clink. Okay, like I would just read like three words in every paragraph to kind of like get the idea. Okay, I get the gist. Okay, keep keep going. Keep going. Um, sorry for no, no, no. That's off. okay. <laughs> But yeah, I that that's how I tend to play these games. I don't always do that, but that's that's how I did it with this one, where I just listened to like all the Torgal stuff, and that was super cool. And mm-hmm. I found like their deep their deep base in the Grand Reef, and I I was just like I was really enamored with some more direct storytelling, even though it's 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 interesting because the you as the main character Riley, I think is the is the technical name. Yeah, oh, really? I, I don't, it's not <laughs> I given. It's not offered anywhere. I think it showed up in like the wiki or something like that. Um, but yeah, Riley yeah. is the is the main character is you. And I think mm-hmm. that experience of you're you're getting this story about the Degasi bases and the Torgals like 
in from like a tertiary perspective of Riley's hearing this story that had already happened years ago or happened recently, but before you got there secondhand from these PDAs and then you're getting it via your play as Riley. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's triggering the, uh, the, uh, meta fictive postmodern literature <laughs> side of my brain and i just really appreciate it's because it's very much like an epistolary style of storytelling so that's mm-hmm. storytelling via letters uh letter writing and the most famous one of yeah, that yeah. is probably um either it's either frankenstein or dracula it's probably dracula for the mo- mm, for the for most people yeah. it's, it's told in just letters between um <laughs> characters I thought you were going to say like a religious text like the Bible or or something cuz aren't those like mostly letters uh, or something like that's that. That's a different style of storytelling. There are some in there, but it that's that's mostly like like the like the Old Testament is pretty different from the New Testament in in writing styles that's and stuff fair, like that. Yeah. But that's that's a different podcast. Um <laughs> I I just really enjoyed that style of storytelling and i did it via like consuming it all at once until i realized that you could play an audio log and then just leave the menu and walk yeah, around that's that was I, nice um that that's how i that that it. does bring me to probably my biggest gripe with the game and uh it's oh it's boy. maybe a bit remiss that i'm dropping this an hour and 25 minutes in so if you're listening to this and you're still here thank you uh you've probably experienced the same thing that i have though and that's that is uh, the fact that the menu system in this game is abysmal. It is it is really not not great. It gave me a headache. It really gave me a headache quite a bit. Wow, that yeah, bad. I I was get I got a lot of headaches playing the game. Actually, it it was kind of frustrating. Um, it's just the the way the menu works, uh, listener is you have a PDA. It's like a tablet. Um, it, you have this tablet and the main character, you, Riley, picks the tablet up and holds it in front of their face as and that and that presents the menu to you. But there's an animation for it. It doesn't just open up. It's not like hitting the pause. Yeah. It's also not a pause menu. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, how it's yeah, how yeah. it's there's no you have to it's not a live pause menu. So the game's not paused. You can swim with it uh, with it in front of you and you can click around in it and stuff like that, but you pick it up and physically hold it in front of your face and then put it down. And anytime you interact with the fabricator, a modification station, a anything, even like a um, uh, like a bioreactor or a thermal reactor or anything like that, it pulls this fucking PDA up. And it, just the motion of picking it up, putting it out, picking it up, putting it out, picking it up, putting it down, picking it up, putting it down was driving me nuts. And I just like it that that menu is so brutal and it led me to that's uh, i i would say the closest i got to resenting the game because that that was the feeling i had was this menu issue of it was giving me a headache coupled with the fact that your inventory is minuscule and you have to have if you want to make something you have to have it on your person which, which is, is annoying. annoying. You can't have it in a storage next to the fabricator. You need to get it out of the storage, put it on your. That's person. the most popular mod for this game I found. Yeah. Oh really? It's... I think that's the most popular mod for any crafting right. game. It, it's one of those things, and 
listen, it was 2014 or 2015, right? Where this was still part of it. And this is true in, in a lot of exploration games where it's like, there's always an element of realism to it. And this is just an element of realism. And me personally, yeah. I'm leaning more towards, I'd rather it be a video game and like it works. <laughs> yep. Like it all comes down to where the developer, where the designer wants to kind of draw the line in terms of like, you yeah. know, uh, verisimilitude and stuff like that but oh, yeah, overall yeah. which is such it's it's a topic in of itself verisimilitude and when to we break should it. write that down i would love um, to talk about that actually <laughs> it sounds really cool and i want to it's pick your brain on that more it's interesting that you mentioned that because i also had a gripe with the menu but it wasn't necessarily for the animations my gripe was that uh the tabs there's oh, like yeah. five different tabs they they're pretty well dictated as to what is which one but at the same time i wish i just had a dedicated inventory button agreed and a dedicated blueprint button instead of having to open up the menu it'll be in wherever you were last let me go over a few other like move to click on inventory click on this click on that i don't have a read all on the fracking oh, yeah. bs discovery stuff and yeah it was it's a lot of that it's a lot a lot of um a lot of stuff that would probably nowadays do the quality of life um check because the game is very gamified in in a lot of aspects of like that fabricator god they could have made five to ten different furniture crafting stuff where it's like this is the cooking station this is the fabrication it's like nah it's all one thing you cook in it you make water in it you good (laughs) you know it's like okay we good uh so they did have some forethought in making the game easier slash not easier but uh more um nice to use in a way um accessible the traditional way yeah yeah and yeah so so they did think about it. it's just that probably they you know probably a smaller team they don't have time to do everything um it probably from a development standpoint me talking now as an engineer it pro it is definitely cheaper to make everything be controllable through the pda instead of having to make separate interactions for separate systems for separate right. like things you know like it's just easier to be like, you know what, designers, we're just going to make everything in the PDA. You can give it the context that it's going to be built on, and that's it. You don't get new animations. You don't get new like menus right, and sure. stuff to look at and stuff like that. So it is a, ch- a cost-cutting just utilitarian well, kind of that perspective. function yeah. over form. So, so I'm not surprised right. uh, about it, I what? guess. What, as a designer and a developer, did you find worth taking away from a game like Subnautica Mm. in terms of, like, your own development and design philosophies? And what stood out to you as a developer and a designer in Subnautica? Let me quickly uh, think about that. Um, I mean, this is something that I've seen since in other games, but contextual storytelling in that the PDA will talk to you when certain things Mm -hmm. happen is a lot of fun. But this is early, so this would be pretty early on, even before many popular games would start doing that. 
Um, the, my, my most memorable, probably this is the dumbest thing, but probably my most memorable thing in the whole game was when you first pick up a diamond. Yeah. And, and, uh, so there's a very anti-capitalism message in, in the, um, in yes. Subnautica where the company that employs you, Altera. Altera, essentially is very cost cutting and all these different things. Um, the reason actually that you need to like escape on, um, on escape pod is because you get a radio call that says, Hey, it's too expensive to go all the way to over to you. So you're going to have to meet us halfway, uh, build your own rocket ship and we'll pick you up at this location instead of picking you up there. And so the first time you pick up a diamond, the PDA says, um, a reminder that anything that you find on your expedition is Altera property. And is expected for you to return such things or the value or the estimated value of such thing upon your return. And you need diamonds to create other stuff. So obviously you don't have it when you finish the game. Um, and the very last thing that you hear in the game after the all the credits roll. After, did you stay for after the credits? Is, is the voice saying, welcome to phase gate, whatever, whatever. Your final uh, deficit, uh, b- um, deficit in your wallet is negative one yes. trillion five hundred thirty-eight credits. You may not uh, deboard until you've paid off your debt. It's like it's oh, like this great, this great uh, fuck you moment at the end where it's like, oh, you did all of this work, you finally <laughs> got there, but you couldn't defeat the final boss, capitalism. <laughs> So, so that's one thing I think that it was very like, oh my god, this is contextual this is, storytelling. Um, yeah, contextual storytelling. I liked uh, small things like being able to decorate your all the your, posters uh, and like all the like little the like things that you could put around. I'm gonna be honest with you. It wasn't until your stream that I realized that you could put the posters. <laughs> up. I just, I just had it in storage. I never put them up. Was oh. an accident. <laughs> I I actually never did put them up because I didn't realize them. Uh, so those two things, loved it. Um, yeah, it's weird now because now that you mention it, Subnautica isn't really doing anything groundbreaking. I would say it's just really solid at doing the stuff and knows that it wants to do very very well. It's it's like, very clean execution. Exactly. I would agree. Exactly. It's probably one of the most well executed. Like the last survival game I played bef- uh, since this uh, before this was uh, Raft. The one that you're in the middle of the ocean. You're on a raft. It's oh, multi- Raft. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the shark. With the shark. Yeah, yeah. And that game, it's fun, but it feels a bit janky. <laughs> like, like it's... it's um. It's fun in its jankiness, and this game feels a lot smoother. Now, is it fair? Because this game has been out for a while and had was a success and had multiple releases and everything. Um, I don't know, but yeah, um, I'll probably cannot wait to remember of something that I actually felt like was something that I should take away right after we stop recording. <laughs> Well, if you do, what 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 we'll do is we can just uh, I can add it to like a little write up on mm-hmm. on the blog or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm gonna try to I haven't written in a while, so I'm gonna try to write a post on on this and maybe Soma and do them back to back because this is kind of a cool uh, left and right mm-hmm. of Subnautica as a survival slash horror game and then Soma as a horror game. 
um, and what they're trying and how they're telling and using the ocean and the depths to tell slightly different stories mm-hmm. and tell them in a different way. But overall, I would agree. I I loved my time playing Subnautica. There's there's a lot of really great things about it. I loved, including the like all of the like the AI and the voice on the Cyclops, like it's one of the only games i played where you can dock one vehicle into another vehicle oh that was amazing i love that and the and it's it it's a continuous like first person experience there's no cutscene there's no there's no stopping play i mean it's a little frustrating to try and dock the the prawn into the cyclops at times mm-hmm. but for the most part it's like one of the only games i've ever played where you're a player, you're a person, and you drive these different vehicles, and the world that you're in, which is an alien world, and all of the te- it, like the technology that you build is designed with these vehicles in mind. And I thought that was so cool. Like the idea that like the only thing that was missing was a way to dock my Cyclops with my base. That was it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That I did. I mean, since I didn't have the prawn, it took me a while to realize that the moon pool isn't just the seamoth and, and like, yeah, just the seamoth home, the seamoth home. But, um, yeah, very, uh, very good there. I like, um, a lot of, a lot of critters, a lot of, even some that don't even matter. Right. Like, uh, the sea treaders. I loved all the fish. Right. I loved the sea treaders. I thought they were so cool. They're so cool. But why? Like they're in the corner of the map, they do yeah. absolutely nothing. <laughs> you know, it's you don't like, need them. You don't you, need and them, and you, uh, you can play. You can probably play the game and never run into yeah. them. Yeah, no, you definitely could, um, because there's two entrances like the, to everything, and there's one entrance I think in the north, and one entrance near the sea treaders. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, 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 yeah, I love the critters, the fish, all of, like the. The hostile and the not and like the and the uh, non-hostile, I guess, like all of the the friendly, friendly. little fishies and stuff like that. Um, probably the weirdest thing to me was like, I, I've probably ate more boomerang fish and peepers than anything else over the course of the game. Yep. But boomerangs are like particularly unsettling if you look at them a little too closely. All of them are unsettling if you look particularly closely. Yeah, they're all really cute from like a quick glance. Yeah. But like I'm looking at like a picture of a of a boomerang and like it almost looks like it has human teeth and it's like really disturbing to look at. Um, the the one with the one eyeball on oh, top of it. Oh, I think I know which one you're oh, talking God. about. Oh, God. God. There's some weird little weird little guys, for sure. So, th- I mean, if you like a critter, if you like a weird little guy, this is a great game for you. If you want the experience, I, I think what Subnautica does better than most space-based games that I've played is that it makes feeling like you're in this futuristic vehicle feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, everything feels so tactile. Like... I, we didn't even talk about it, but the Cyclops is clunky to drive, like you said, because yeah. it's meant for three people to uh, manage it. But you stand at the helm at the front of this glass dome, and you're and you're holding like a steering wheel that can go up and down and left and right and blah blah blah. But if you want to turn the engine on, you have to look to your upper left and click start engine and select your speed. There's no hotkey for it. There's no adjusting it. It's 
it is meant to be clunky and it is meant to be difficult to drive and that is such a unique and refreshing experience my, just like my safe scum experience was putting the cyclops on fire uh oh because you ran it at a uh, head a uh, head speed a uh, head forward too yep, much yep yeah my my save scum was i was in the prawn i was swinging through the active lava zone trying to get to the uh containment facility with the sea emperor mm-hmm. and uh that was also my other big plot twist was the sea emperor yeah. was being nice but i was swinging through there and i stopped because i was like trying to plan how i was gonna get in without getting killed by the sea dragon yeah i didn't see it the sea dragon was was winging around and i missed it it sprayed fireballs at me and immediately one shot my prawn like my prawn just exploded and i was looking around and my friends were watching my stream and they were like why are you out of your prawn i was like i wasn't and then i realized what happened i was i was like i was like this is the end of the game i was within maybe five hours of beating the game and the last five hours was just gathering resources Mm. honestly yep so i was like no and i just saved scum and i was like i'm just gonna swing through this bitch i I you see you don't have to worry about your vehicle getting destroyed if you just swim, you know, through the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, well, that I I I was I was like the prawn king. I might do you know uh Aislinn named my prawn. Do you know what my prawn was named? Gurlagon or something like that. Prawn Solo. Prawn Solo. <laughs> my Cyclops was named Padme. My first Seamoth was named Anakin. That got destroyed uh by a Reaper. And then I made another one named Luke and um yeah i i yeah it was great and i named my uh nebula rocket my escape rocket obi-wan did i name my i think i named my rocket but i don't remember and everything was red with a black stripe oh nice the only one that i actually ended up so i ended up coloring my moth but then it got destroyed so or it got bugged so i just from then on did not color any of my stuff except for my uh, prawn at the end and i made it the yeah. color of gurren lagan uh, like red oh and blue that's and awesome yellow. um that shows great yeah so to end this i wanted to to ask you this is this yes. is the final question the million dollar question jason do you think that releasing the emperor leviathan's babies into the wild is a good thing or it a bad thing or is it meant to be morally dubious i think that your escape from the planet as a whole is morally dubious i think the release of the sea emperors is uh until unless you can convince me otherwise i think it is morally a good thing Mm -hmm. it is the last of its kind those are the last five eggs or four eggs Mm -hmm. uh, of the species on the planet that we know about and the sea emperor uh kind of was just this experiment it was just Mm -hmm. this animal this this obviously sentient intelligent smart ancient creature Mm -hmm. that was held against its will and it wasn't even it was like really not that upset about it but the the real like like the to me like the whole thing with the sea emperor was that the iron the great great irony is that the precursors were so advanced yeah that they were unable to telepathically communicate with the sea emperor but humans are not so advanced and so the sea emperor was like what are you like why is this working and so like that whole pulling back the wool and realizing that like 
the 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 crux and the irony, that dramatic irony of the game is that the precursors are the most advanced, most intelligent animals or, or aliens, people, species that the game's logic knows and mm-hmm. their advancedness was part of their downfall because they had the solution right in front of them and they just couldn't communicate yeah. with the sea yeah. emperor who would have willingly given it to them if they could if they could communicate and if they treated her with more respect. Mm-hmm. So I think it is morally good to release them into the ocean in the hopes yeah. that it will further distribute the enzyme, but I don't think it will. Gotcha. I mean, assuming all that is true, I agree with you. Okay. But we don't know if that's no, true. No, we don't. <laughs> like, she could be lying to us, you know? She could be like, you know what? This is the way that I get this thing, my babies, out into the wild. I'm just, this is this is how it works. This is, yeah, yeah I, help I you, mean, you help me. The PDAs around the alien, around the precursors, like, containment areas. Definitely. Definitely lead you in that, in that direction, though, of, like... And, they yeah. were experimenting on her. They were trying to hatch the hatch the the babies. Mm-hmm. They were doing all these experiments on these eggs and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I I think there's a a little bit of impetus in the story for that. But I I could take your meaning that she is she is certainly more. If we've learned anything, we I am are, in a anything way. but pragmatic. And honestly, these philosophical questions did not matter to me. I was like, they could be evil. They could be good. I need to get out of here. So, so I was like, let's go. Yeah, sure. Let's just, I scratch you back, scratch my back. Um, I was stuck in there for so long that my emperor Leviathan, uh, bugged out and she was just stuck (laughs) midair just like that. And I was like, you okay there, buddy? I just got close to it. I was like, (laughs) you good? So funny. Um, yeah, there's I I did find a few bugs, but but yeah, sure. it was more because of me being a Dorcas. But yeah, that's that that is fair. I just wanted to get your your deep philosophical insight and such things because me, the engineer over here, is like I was like, bruh, we I, can, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. I can fix this thing with a piece of chewing gum and some yeah. wire, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, we're gonna need to we're gonna need to get the stat. Well, I think that, and that's that's why that's why we're such a good pair, Fran, because you <laughs> you bring the pragmatism, and I'll bring the philosophy, and maybe in the middle we'll we'll manage to use all of our items. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us today for our Subnautica episode. Uh, I want to thank Jay and Brian, my friends, who put this on the list, and uh, I appreciate you offering your thoughts and your insight about the game and what made it what made it special to you so that we could share with everybody what made it special to us. So thank you again for that. And where can they find you, Fran? You can find me on essentially just threads at El underscore Fantastico on Twitch, as well as El underscore Fantastico. I just started, actually. Um, this is very early, like super pre-alpha, I'm learning a new game engine called Godot, and I'm trying to make my own little yeah. indie game on the side. So whenever more of that information comes up, I will share it with everyone. But until then, uh, I will I will make sure that items. Oh, I, I'm so excited! I remembered what I I remember what I called my ship. 
I called it the SS Use Your Items. And, nice. And, Hell yeah. And in the description of my little time in my little uh, time capsule, it was like, don't forget to use your items. Oh, dude. Oh, that's so smart. We didn't even talk about time capsules. Oh, my God. We oh could talk God. about this game for another hour. All right. All right. That's where they can find you, Fran. Um, Sorry. Sorry, Fran. That's okay. That's okay. You can find me on uh, Twitch at use your, uh, twitch.tv slash use your items. You can find us on Substack at useyouritems.substack.com. You can find us here on this podcast every other week or so. TM. <laughs> and you can also find me on... Uh, I'm a little bit in between social media at this point. So I'll say Twitter at Conwobi. <laughs> um, or you can find me on Twitter at Dancing Frog Game, whichever one you happen to find. Or more likely, just come ping me on Discord. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I have it on my phone. I'm going to check that more often than anything else. Uh, so yeah, please, find, if you want to continue the conversation, if you want to hear any more about Subnautica from us off the air, let us know on our Discord. Come find us, say hi. And uh, we would appreciate you sharing and following with anybody that you care about or you think would like this because that's the only way we're going to do this and get any bigger is by you sharing. So I appreciate it, as always, that you stuck with us for an hour and 50 minutes. And if you're still here, mm-hmm. it's time to go. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but whatever you do, Fran, don't forget. Use Cook your peepers. Cook your peepers. That's right. And also, don't take if you don't think you need it, you need a bladder fish. Just take a bladder fish. You're gonna you're gonna need it. You're gonna run out of water. I promise. It happened to me like six times. So like, yeah. But anyway, don't forget to use your items. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Later. Bye.